0: I think if you said you're not having a cell phone, they'd fire you for cause. Well, what if I was like, look, I know this is a crazy
1: idea, but I'm doing this thing where I'm not going to get a cell phone. If that means you can't have me work here anymore, I understand. I think I've brought this company a lot of value. And in reality, the type I work or I do for you is a lot more analytical. I'm supposed to look at the big picture and then come up with solutions.
0: I think it's literally like if you get hired to work as a, a parking lot security guard every Friday night and Saturday morning, those are your shifts. And then you come along two weeks later and say, I've become an observant Jew, and now I'm observing Shabbat, and I need to take every Friday night and Saturday morning off, but I'm happy to work the rest of the week.
1: We're on. Welcome back to Landline Podcast, part two of Alex versus Saul, Saul versus Alex on the porch in Hanover, New Hampshire. Holiday
0: weekend special.
1: That's right, July first. Saul, what are your plans for the fourth? Do you have anything uh, bubbling? You're looking at him. I'm going to sit on your porch all weekend until someone tells me to leave. That's fantastic. I think Fourth of July, one of those great holidays. It does have a ton of importance. It does warrant uh, a good celebration. And there's no religious component, which I like. I mean, I like religion, but it's just a nice non-religious holiday. And it's really like, you know, New Year's where it's like there's a time limit. That's why we hate New Year's so much. There's a time. There's like an impending time of doom. Uh, Christmas, also a time. It's like New Year's or Christmas Eve into, into Christmas Day. Fourth of July, like you can be completely done with Fourth of July by the time the last firework goes off. You can have accomplished all your holiday needs your jump into the ocean, jump into the pond, jump into the lake, your boat trip, your bike ride, your firecracker 5K, your bike decoration, your hike up to the top of your local mountain, and then your sit around on the porch, your barbecue with friends, a little bit of day drinking.
0: And then that's it. That's all they're asking you to do. See friends, see family, have a good time. Or like me one year, just passed out, tucked into bed safely before the first fireworks even started. Wow. Was that like a protest against society or what was that? I was probably just
1: burning a bridge or two. Okay. Hi, Ishi. Ishi, the dog at the podcast. Now we got two dogs, two humans. The podcast. Two beers, two coffees. Two beers, two coffees. We're drinking Dick McKay's Bud Light here. And uh, several birds tweeting in the background. Can we hear those birds? Maybe not. We'll try to get some B-roll before this is over. Um, So, Saul, onward and upward. Let's get into the uh, new slate
0: of topics. What are you interested in going for first? Well, look, let's let's kick things off with the fact um, that our friend Tim is having a son. He's having it in the very near future, I'd say about six weeks from now. Um, Currently about five pounds X number of ounces, I believe, as of yesterday. Um, and someone is going to have to be godfather to this unborn child. Will someone, for God's sakes, will someone be godfather to this godchild? We're going to need a godfather. We're going to need a godfather. Now, the obvious question is, who is that going to be? I was recently informed by Tim in a top-secret phone call that there is a shortlist. People are being vetted, and someone's going to get VP or godfather, whatever the position is, and... Presumably, his lawyers are currently now digging up background OPPO research and figuring out who's good enough to count as godfather. Moreover, I was told to my delight that I was on this short list of people. So obviously, the lawyers hadn't been digging hard enough in my case, but I'm not going to tell them that. So we have a few names on it. For all we know, yours is on it as well, Alex. We well, do we sure. know that? I mean, I would we say don't know. you we didn't don't know. ask about me. The only thing I'm quite sure about is that my name is on it and Max's name is not. <laughs> Which made Max angrier than anything I've ever heard him be angry about except when we allege that he wasn't as fit as he says he is. Max is our um our special friend who you'll
1: learn about more. <laughs> Marine Max. Yeah, you've heard about him on you've heard him on the podcast once. We're in neg- we're in contract negotiations to get him back on. He's worried about his reputation with the Greater Greensboro North Carolina area dog ownership group or something
0: like that but that's his battle to fight yeah exactly so in the meantime let's do we need do we need any background on tim or do people just kind of understand well tim is the star
1: and winemaker uh featured in two guys one cup on landline podcast networks another one coming up soon he is a winemaker extraordinaire he wouldn't say this, but we can. There's nothing he loves talking shit more about than the things he's most deeply involved in. So like he could do two and a half hours of stand-up on how wine is the stupidest thing in the world and making
0: it is even stupider, but that's what he does for a living. Um, And he's always been to a certain extent the the star of the show. I I think there's situations where Tim's been vent and if we're an entourage and, and me and you have been kind of trotting along at his heels as like, Double Johnny Dramas, like two <laughs> yeah, versions. No one wants to be the other guys. Uh, um
1: so yeah, we know Tim as the elegant, tall, handsome, seemingly not overweight in the eyes of all women
0: guy that um we love very much. He surfs, he does yoga, he's made cowboy boots, he's been an ice sculptor, he has a chemistry degree from Columbia University. And I'm saying all these good things about him primarily because we're starting a wine down. company together. Oh, okay. And obviously, I want Tim to give me as many
1: shares as possible. We're hoping Tim doles out shares to Saul and I and the wine company he, he needs us nothing for. So anyways, but but onward and upward, he needs a godfather. He
0: needs a godfather. So I I did a few calculations in my head. the The obvious choice would be Jeff, Tim's brother, or perhaps Calvin, Rachel's brother, but thank God these two brothers cancel each other out. There's no way they can give it to one brother and then the other. So both um, brothers are off, right? Well, well analyzed. I've spent many, many hours on this. So so right away, right, I, two I of mean, my I've, chief competitors have crossed each other off. they have canceled I, each other. We traded pawns. I
1: think that's interesting logic, but I don't think it's something that you could bet the farm on.
0: See, I do. I don't think you can give it to one side and not the other.
1: Well, if a brother, but one brother has two
0: kids or three kids or something and he doesn't, I feel like, Yeah, no, other ones a successful art collector and by no. collector. I mean, artist. Yeah, he's an artist. Yeah. Right, hey, but that's my point. They but, each have something in their lives that I'm missing. But isn't that that's the way like if you if you have
1: several brothers and you need to a, a best man, it like I think Godfather is of the best man, right? It's like when you're shopping at Walmart for a best man, like Godfather's in a similar
0: area. It abuts it abuts that neighborhood. It's top shelf. It's definitely top shelf stuff.
1: So, yeah. So so but it's like part of the same, it's like cousins of the same p- p- job right i mean because who really knows what they do well i think a god what does a godfather do i think you take care of the kid if the parents die in a car crash i have a
0: godfather and i i love him he's amazing me knocking
1: on wood well we know what godfathers do they send presents they give you your first beer
0: they you know call in to say happy birthday if they remember okay so as much as i hate giving people presents i do love giving people their first beers which is partly why i want to be this godfather but just briefly to to hash out
1: the brother thing completely okay i i disagree i I agree with you that that could be one way they went we got two brothers let's not give it to one i think you have of those two brothers one of the husband one of the dad one of the mom the brother of the mom is way younger has no family has no wife And it would be more of, like, you know, if it's, like, a video game character, he should get the next little attribute. He needs to get, like, the sword and the uh, sheath, whatever you put a sword into, versus the other one is fully tricked out. He has a family, he has a home, he has three children, he has a job. So it's, like, that would be, like, unfair to stack him up with, like, another accolade. It's, like, right in the face. But I think that they could easily give it to Calvin and and the 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 brother of the mother and not necessarily ruin their relationship with the other brother. I don't think there's a lot of risk there.
0: Very interesting. Well, that obviously made me more paranoid because I thought I had deleted two big powerful competitors from the list and I haven't. But let's so let's put the brothers in their own little category for now and talk about who else is probably on that list. You might be on it. You definitely might be.
1: Oh, a little... Uh, a little breezy. A cooling breeze coming through our outdoor studios in the Upper Valley. Um, I could be on it. I, do you want me to give reasons why it shouldn't be me? That's an interesting angle. Yeah, I'd
0: love that. Okay. I'm we, live, we live. We live record this part and send it to Tim.
1: We live 3,000 miles away, and I can't be relied on to live any closer. And although... We're all hoping that you move out of the Bay Area because we want to hear about your internal struggle about wanting to move back once you do. um, The chances of me ever being within a reasonable car drive away from a place that Tim and Rachel will
0: probably stay, California, is pretty slim. Now, they could at least call me and know that in 45 minutes I could be there to babysit while they go out on date night.
1: Yeah, and even if you're not in the area, you'll pay way too much money for a first class plane ticket to fly. So, happily, um, I have no money. So, um, that's a strike against me. And if they're hoping that material goods are part of the problem, will I actually show up at the christening? I mean, that's an issue, you know. I don't know if you know this as a Jew, Saul, but the part of the godparent thing is you actually have to be there when they're baptized Christian. You're talking about the bris, like when they're <laughs> circumcised. <laughs> no, but it's the it's like the it's like a Christian version of the bris without the foreskin. It's like not a foreskin event. Really, it's not. Yeah, fascinating. So it's just they're they're uh, bathed in holy water, yep. hence the term baptism, and the godfather is there. And gets a shot with a couple fingerfuls of the holy water,
0: um, on it the, sounds on much the, more fun than a circumcision the food isn 't as good, yeah, but Jews always do a good brunch spread right so so
1: i don 't know if I can be there there 's that um, i don 't know you know i well here 's so so those are reasons against me. Will I give them good presents now? Here are a couple reasons for me, and then i 'd like to dive into. Into what you think the decision making of a go- of a parents who need a godfather is, but one good thing about me is if I do end up on the East Coast, divorced from my wife because she would never live there for the rest of her life um do can they send their kid to my house for two weeks in the summer as sort of like a New England camp? ooh, you know, go island side exactly like there it's a way for like Tim, although he will never live back on the East Coast, he still is gonna want. Tim has done a great job of hiding his blue blood, but every single person in his family graduated from an Ivy League school. He's going to need to have his kid be able to go to a cocktail party in Maine before it's all said and done. So is there a part of him that's going to want uh,
0: you know, the godfather to give him a little something that California can't provide? Very interesting. And in terms of your properties, and by yours I mean your families, you're about as well situated... To offer that child a great experience is anyone we know.
1: Yeah, I think I have some good connections to, um, you know, the upper crust. If the callers want to make that happen, um, and I can teach the kid how to do the upper crust without any money at all. I mean, that's another, that's another angle. But um, so you offer a class element. <laughs> but here's the question: when you're deciding about the godparent. Are you the parents thinking about your parents, the grandparents? Like do they get do they get any
0: uh emotional sway? No, see what I think is the godfather should offer a different angle. It should be a fresh voice and have a tribute that maybe the grandparents or relatives do not offer okay so there that's definitely part of your campaign um talking it's exactly points. like the vp pick you you want them to add an extra dimension and get you one of the swing states that you might otherwise lose
1: all right well let's hear your platform i mean this is supposed to be about you so let's make it about you where where do you think your strengths and weaknesses are and what are you offering for this kid
0: all right and then we'll con then we'll continue analyzing the competition so for me for me my my strengths are very obvious and abundant um Number one, proximity. As as much as we know that I might, at a drop of the hat, move far, far away from where I am now, for the moment, Tim has to make his decisions in recognition of the fact that I live right down the street from him. And by down the street, I mean down a long, traffic-choked highway over a bridge. But the point is, I can be there in 45 minutes if and when I have to be. And whether that involves stealing wine from his basement, which is why I usually go, or being godfather to his child, I'm ready and willing to wear any hat that someone hands me, especially if it's a gaudy hat with some sort of feather stuck in the brim. <laughs> so number one, proximity. I'm I'm firing firing away on that one. Number two, lavishness. Let's not forget that as we're gonna talk about later in this show. I'm no stranger to spending money, and to be honest, spending money is not something that intimidates me. I'm comfortable with it. I know the process. I can take my wallet out and take a credit card out with about as fast as a pull on the trigger as anyone in this country I'd advocate. Um, so I think that if Tim's child basically has just worked into my lifestyle, that next time I'm in Barney's and I'm buying that three-piece suit that I... Sh- go down to the little kid's Barney's and I pick him up a little three-piece suit because that's what godfathers do. Next time I'm ordering a steak dinner, uh, maybe I ask for a little extra filet mignon to to bring back or something like that. So my point is that this child will be getting a degree of lavishness that otherwise he might not. Can we agree on that? Yeah. Now, do you think that's a good model for a godchild
1: that you can just spend frivolously on uh cheaply made three-piece suits that can be returned at the drop of a hat and that the life is all about being able to detach from any passion in your work in order to be able to have a, a color-coded plastic american express card of course i do <laughs> why would you even suggest for a moment that i don't think that see tim offers a fair amount of what you're offering in that department.
0: No, Tim Tim's going to be the one to get his kid like a, you know, a, a 25cc Honda Dream tricycle that he can drive around for too much money on eBay. But I'm going to be the one to get the kid his first tuxedo.
1: All right, I mean that's a selling point. Imported
0: from Italy. I think you're really you're pitching to the mom at this point.
1: She likes that. I know. Dress her little son up in a tuxedo.
0: Absolutely. Maybe a couple jewels would find their way into the shopping bag for for that same mother. Okay, so we got – so your Lavishness of lifestyle. Horrible proximity. with Proximity. Yep. Nah, let's not use the word horrible anywhere in this pitch. You can edit that out. <laughs> now, number three is, is – I'm going to throw in a curveball here, but it's an undeniable one. My passion for storytelling and my work in education. I would be a great godfather because I'd be the one who would sit on that kid's bed and tell him a, an amazing tale for like 45 minutes before it was time for him to go to sleep. And he'd be the one then saying, when is Godfather Saul going to be back in town so he can get to part two of that podcast, so to speak. We're not forgetting the fact, let's not lose sight of the fact, that I work in education. I love telling stories, and these are qualities that well-positioned me to be an excellent Godfather.
1: If we were on a CNN debate right now, those little, like, meters that they attach to the balls of people in uh, background states would be, like, ticking up. Ding, ding, ding. You just got a great—you have, like, a nice— Long, broad, peak building right now that this is strong ground, you should use this in all your stump speeches this last moment, absolutely
0: number four, there's a factor that right now, being single and childless at least till tomorrow, whatever happens in between now and then, that there's a hole in my life, and I would take that affection. That's not applied to the dog that I don't have or the wife or girlfriend that I don't have or the three kids that I don't have. And I just laser that right on to this new surrogate godson of mine. Would you be okay with your nickname being Godfather Pity around the house? I mean, they assume that's already my nickname, just not to my face, so they can continue not using it to my face. I mean, also— I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that as part of my pitch. Right now, I would have 100% of focus and attention for my godson. I mean, No one else can offer that who's on that short list.
1: I think it's a strong and pathetic point you're making. You have nothing going on in your life, and you need this. And I think that that's definitely something that, uh, again, it's hard to argue against. I
0: need this. You do. And it 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 will sting hard if I don't get it. Okay. Number five, let's not forget something that, as unreliable I am in every aspect of my day-to-day life, I can be deeply counted on to be true to my nature. I'm not going to change. This ship is sailing in one direction, and that's Ford. And so whatever else happens in this uncertain world of ours, whatever... Strange events, whatever unpredictable moments come to play. Tim's going to know that his son's godfather is going to be right there, true to his nature, exactly who he is, probably not changing one iota. What he's buying now is the same thing he's going to have bought 20 years from now. It's like if he's buying a kid a goddamn Rolex and saying, you're going to have this in 50 years from now, it's still going to be on your wrist, the same watch. Maybe it went up in value a little bit. It's not changing. It's not flaking out. It's not falling apart. This is yours now forever for eternity.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, Another strong point, and I feel like
0: it could be, well... Hard so to, here's so here's here, here and hard here's to follow my, hard to follow that so here here's my final judgment.
1: So you're judging now for you're making the decision is what you're saying essentially. Okay, as well, I nominate myself. Okay, well, can you spin this final judgment into
0: a couple of reasons why the other people up on stage shouldn't be the Godfather? Okay, so I don't know. Again, who's I? I wish I could see all my competitors in the cold, clear light of dawn, but I can't um we've talked about we suspect that rye is high up on that list Rye's a very good friend of tim's he's a direct neighbor he lives almost literally across the street the baby could crawl there by day five probably it's true he's 44 and a half miles closer than you they're in the same business they make wine rye bought a house so he's definitely not going anywhere uh especially because the house is susceptible to flooding and so he probably can't sell it even if he wanted to tim is his son's godfather tim is his son's godfather the kids would presumably play together their dogs play Yikes. together their wives like each it's other just turning into like a hillary versus
1: bernie thing like you might have a good run but the deck stack, stacked against you he's
0: serious he's serious competition he's serious competition but i would argue that rye is bringing too many things to the table that tim can already offer yeah it's too you know he's just bringing he's too good he's too good for this position (laughs) yeah and he's i mean look he's he he, a lot of the things he does in terms of where he lives think of when tim's if tim sends his kid on vacation with you he's gonna go to an island off the coast of massachusetts if he sends him to rye he's gonna go to a yard that looks just like his yard it's just half a mile down the street he's not getting that element of variety it's true so I, th- I think is a, a tough man to beat. I'd say that to his face, and I hope I get to. But nonetheless, I think Tim needs to be open-minded in his approach and see that he's not trying to buy the same product he already has. Doesn't matter how good it is. Who else is on the short list? Who, who knows, to be honest? Gabe might be floating around there. I have no idea. No way. Maybe one of Rachel's friends. I would put all the money I owe Gabe
1: on Gabe not being the godfather.
0: Yeah, I well, I don't disagree with that. Maybe there's some other dark horse candidate that we're leaving out. But here's my challenge to Tim, to Rachel, to everyone making this decision process. I won't lie and say I don't care if you choose me because I care deeply and I'll never forgive either of you if you don't choose me. <laughs> but that being said, I want a chance to fight for what's rightfully mine. I want a chance for that. So... If you're going to choose me, then terrific. I don't need to know about it till I get the letter in the mail with a gold stamp saying congratulations. That's totally fine. Your business. However, if there's even the slightest shadow of a doubt that I'm not going to be picked, that I'm not going to get the nomination, then I demand a chance to fight for what is rightfully mine. So what I want to say is let's take this back to the primaries. Put us up on a debate stage. I will personally pay for a hotel ballroom In a hotel of your choosing, and I will pay to rent the podiums, and Alex will come mic it up because I'm bad at electronics, and I will stand there with that short list of competitors, and I will debate them one-on-one, one-on-five. I don't care what it is. For 90 minutes, I don't care who televises it, CNN, MSNBC, the highest bidder. And I will take them on face-to-face about why I deserve to be Godfather. Don't you dare not choose me without giving me the opportunity to take on all comers. Is that fair? You tell me.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Saul in 2016, the Godfather campaign. I will say if you can organize that Godfather debate that uh, it'll be the highest rated podcast in landline history. That is 100% sure. We could live stream that whole thing. I mean no one would go against you. The the only problem now well, there's okay, th- let, let's do a little inside baseball here. There's a lot of things that you just did that are great for the world. Number one, if Rachel is fundamentally against you being the godfather, you just made her and Tim have a very stressful few weeks, which through Terrific. through all the schadenfreude that I love uh, is, is an incredibly big asset. Um, there's nothing you want more when you have a baby coming than being stressed out about something as superfluous and materialistic as who the godfather is going to be. Two, you've positioned Tim exactly where he likes to be, which is to ruin someone's hopes. so you've laid <laughs> all your hopes out on on the table as it were, and now he has the opportunity like he probably they'd probably already had the cards made up announcing you as the Godfather at the baptism, which I re- recommend you read a little bit about um you mean the bris? And um, now that is also inside baseball. I don't want to step on anyone's toes here. um, But as some of you might have known, in the episode titled Meg the Mom, um, we had a long discussion about circumcision because she was uh, eight and a half months pregnant. Now she has a beautiful son, Jack, uh, alive and well and listening to the podcast every week. Um, But inside sources tell me that like bris might be a hot-button issue in this specific family. So I would do a little research in that department before you started coming in with your suggestions on um, what, what type of smoked fish to serve after the foreskin was removed because that might not do anything good for your candidacy.
0: Well, look, that's a decision that's out of my hands. I don't want to get in the middle of that whatsoever. Let the parents make the choice. Okay. God bless. Um,
1: and... Uh, other than that, I mean, I think we all love how, um, disappointed you'll be if you don't get it. And we're all kind of rooting for that because it'll create such good content for this, for this,
0: uh, media outlet and others. Look, when they didn't let me go on vacation with Paris to that, to Paris with them, uh, that was a hard, bitter blow. Uh, It was their final trip before parenthood, and it was supposed to be my final trip with them before their parenthood. And it took me about six weeks to hit the 50 percentile mark of recovery. Uh, If I'm not chosen for Godfather, I can only estimate that the recuperation will be tenfold at the minimum. So that's it. If you have any reasons why Saul shouldn't
1: be Godfather, I think you've got to call in at 617-744-1895 and let us know, because this is obviously going to be something that the uh, people themselves are going to want to weigh in on. Just be prepared for blowback. I, I won't take any critique lying down. And we're not talking about the kind of blowback you get in a Nebraska bathroom that you heard in part one.
0: Go back to part one.
1: Um all right well what's next my friend uh i think we've I, th- I think i mean is there any i think we've properly covered that topic
0: it's been covered it's been covered so,
1: move- so t- we've been getting a ton of great feedback about the podcast all which is really exciting
0: people love it they Pe- can't
1: get enough they can't get enough and you should share it with friends obviously now that we've got this great sound quality for this specific episode which is sure to go away again soon um share it with friends um. Send them to our website, talkforliving.com Send them to SoundCloud. Send them to iTunes. Send them to Stitcher. We're on all of them.
0: So- You'll never find two objectionable people bearing their souls to this degree. <laughs> You're a confidence world, all of us. We trust you. We want you to know the clean laundry and the dirty.
1: So as I prepare for the next year, which approaches, I think I'm one of many people who choose September 1st as the true... Uh, you know, demarcation of a new year as we're all inundated with the back-to-school feelings that we get every fall, end of summer. And I am going back to school this fall, so there you go. You're not dropping out. So I'm not dropping out. I'm going to stick this one through. Um, It's just another year of not having to get a job, so why would we? Um, So the the question is this. I was saying earlier to you that there's that part, and uh, uh, I apologize to everyone who this offends, because I know it's a sensitive topic, but there's a great moment in Tropic Thunder, a movie with Ben Stiller, Robert Downey Jr., Danny McBride, um, amongst others. I'm forgetting another big star that's in there. And... um, it's about movie stars who are think they're in a movie but it's actual real life in the jungle. It's a great movie. I'm sure many of you have seen it. And there's this part where they flash back to the Oscar nomination or win for Ben Stiller playing Simple Jack, who was this sort of uh mentally disabled person who became like a great story for the community and, you know, they like they show Ben Stiller in a bowl cut with like weird fake moles on his face and robert danny jr is playing a he's supposed to be australian but he's playing a black guy and he's gone full blackface and he's gone like full black and not only is he a black person in the movie that's within the movie he's actually becoming a black person like a method actor so they get into this argument within the movie about how you're never supposed to go full retard that's the saying you never go full retard And I am at a moment in my life where I feel like I need to go full retard when it comes to technology. If I really want this uh, podcast to take off, if I really want my food blog, which I'm about to launch, uh, to take off, then I kind of need to embrace the um, moral ground that I'm trying to stand on, which is I think that there's a happier life out there with less technology. And that's what Landline Podcast is all about. It's a time of... Riding your bicycle, playing board games, playing card games, hitchhiking with friends to the beach, going swimming, laying out in the grass, just doing the things that make people happy. It doesn't mean you're not working. It doesn't mean you're dropping out of society. It's just an allusion to the time before cell phones ruled our life. And we're talking like 1999, 2000, 2000. I mean, when we graduated from high school in 2001, one of our friends had a cell phone. Me, did you?
0: Oh yeah. Well and Mike had one too. I actually was the one who got cell phones banned by Hanover High our senior year. Wow. Do you want to get into that? What'd you do? Well you're on a roll. I, I don't wanna steal your tropic thunder or anything. Okay. So
1: um so how do I do this? How do I actually be the guy who people will listen to? Like, honestly, I need a radio show, not a podcast. That's the first problem. Like life is full of conundrums, right? So if I really wanted to go for something where I'm doing something different that somebody is going to write about in the New York Times, I need to buy a used antenna from a substation in Greenland and install it on the roof of my home in Watertown and make the podcast a radio show and only distribute it through, you know, the sound waves that exist when you install an antenna. But that's stupid. That's not going to work. I've already put out my distaste for any sort of social media. I'm not going to go back on
0: that. That's pretty easy. So it's like all these conundrums. So, do so I you're saying we need concrete steps for you to come up with to prove, put your money where your mouth is prove your distaste for technology
1: not only prove it but prove the upside of not using it i have to i have to go to the other side and then be an evangelist for that type of living because i actually in all honesty, believe that i could completely exist in society in many of the same ways successfully uh productively financially stably and not have a lot of the, of the technological crutches that people think are necessities. I fundamentally disagree that they are necessities. I do not think you need all this stuff that we are being told you have to have. I think that's bullshit. I think you can make a lot of money, I think you can have a lot of great sex, I think you can eat a lot of good food, I think you can be a good parent without all this technology. What else do you need in life? I mean, if you have those four things, what, what else, what are you missing out on? What somebody, what some reporter in Indianapolis said about the Colts linebacker core this year on Twitter? I mean, what, what do I need of this stuff for?
0: So you're saying you can lead a happy existence without the things that we believe you need to lead a happy existence. That's
1: right. But I don't want to go in a bunker. I don't want to become, I don't want to like go full John Lennon or somebody like that. Like I can't become a complete. Things cannot get too weird. They can't get too weird. How can. You know, this is part of, this is a core of one of my arguments about cell phones being so insane, which are, has there ever been an invention that was so universally celebrated as necessity so quickly? I mean, people thought running water... They were more pessimistic about running water than they were about cell phones in whenever running water came out. They're like, yeah, I don't know. Coming through a tube, I'm not so sure. I'd rather just walk down to the spring with a bucket. It's good exercise. I know it's fresh. I know where it comes from. It's part of my routine. I'm going to take a pass on running water
0: for a little while. And ironically, probably at this point, more people have cell phones than running water.
1: I mean, that's the thing. Who is crazier a upper middle class mom with two kids and no cell phone or a uh schizophrenic cat crack addict on the side of the street in new york with a cell
0: phone so for a long time alex you refused to buy a smartphone but your compromise was the phone that we called moon phone affectionately which was basically the simplest least frilled cell phone you could buy You couldn't really send text messages on it. You couldn't go on the Internet or anything. It was just a bare-bones, basic, little white phone from, like, 1985 with, I believe, a nice flashlight feature. I could
1: be wrong. It's true, but I do have to just go back to my earlier rant before we get into the Moon Phone. And really, the Moon Phone boils down to you can always detach by just buying a phone that came out two years ago. That's, like, an easy, quick fix. If you are trying to, like, not only get annoying comments at a party but also like just feel like you're a little bit different just go 2 years back to go back to the schizophrenic crack addict on New York with a cell phone versus the suburban mother I I'm serious I think you could find more people who are like well I get where the crack addict is coming from didn't come up didn't grow up in a good home dad was abusive incredibly smart saw how weird the world was saw how everything was, like, you know, bass backwards, lived through the Vietnam War, tried crack, got addicted. I get it. I get where he's coming from. Suburban mom, minivan, you know, family, no cell phone, insane. Insane. They'd lock her up. They'd lock her up. I mean, think about what the other mothers would say on the side of the uh, soccer field. So how how can we turn you into the crack addict, is what we want to know. <laughs> Well, how can I – I mean, I know how I can do it. How can I succeed making media? How can I make my life making the media that we're making right now without going nuts with the Snapchat, Twitter? Like, the the most listened-to podcasts of Landline are the ones that I do with Giles because he puts it on Facebook.
0: I thought ours were the most listened-to. Mm. Well, I mean we're up there. We're we're in the running. Really? We were beaten by the Giles podcast?
1: The first Giles podcast has the most of any podcast listened to because he put it on the hostile Tevere Facebook page. But Jer- you hate Facebook. I know. Well he did it and so like I you know, I the hypocrite that I am, I let him do it. I didn't shut it down. Okay, so look. So what do I do? I I mean, here's some ideas. I and mean, and let please and please relieve me of this of this rant. But we put it up uh, at. Wait, look, I'm I'm. What am I going to do? Make flyers and put it up at, at coffee shops because I mean, people are been making zines. Did you see the headline in the local paper in this town we grew up in? Two weeks ago, this guy has had a zine for twenty years or ten years. He's been producing a zine. He only sells. 50 copies or 500 copies, but he's been making a zine once a
0: week. It's like something that somebody does. What concrete steps can you do to avoid destroying your budding career while at the same time staying true to who you are? That's right. Is there anything? What What if I called you, Alex, tomorrow... And I just got a recorded Verizon message saying this number is not in service. Well, I'm on Cricket. I'm not on Verizon,
1: so you'd never get that. I've already gone to Cricket. Cricket.
0: Gonna, that's a step in the right direction. My god, I'm not going to call you anymore anyway. <laughs> Cricket. My god. Okay, so look, what if what what if I what if I sent you a text message and it said this number can't accept text because it's not a number anymore? Okay, so now you're getting into the good stuff. I think starting with the texts.
1: When was the last necessary text message that I got? Never. The last text message I got that was important was when I was dating girls in college. That's really the only time text messages. If a text message can bring you closer to having sex with someone, that's really its only value, I would say.
0: Small trivia point. When we were roommates together, sometimes beloved friends, sometimes beloved enemies in New York, Alex at one point became so upset with his lack of control over the text message he sent to these girls that he actually gave me his phone to hide. I hid it, what I thought was in a clever spot, high up on my closet, beyond several extra scarves. And yet, within less than eight hours, he had found it, rediscovered it, texted me that it was a terrible hiding place, and then surely sent out a whole bunch of other texts as well. Yuck.
1: God, you're giving me... Disgusting.
0: Just toxic shame. Shameful.
1: Shameful. So, you know... Like, I just got a text from Gabe uh, an hour ago. What are you doing?
0: And Gabe loves texting, just to be clear.
1: So, what are you doing was the text. I said, I'm podcasting with you. Okay. And then I said, I'm going to come up to your house a little later. And he wrote back, okay, well, I might go into town. So, just text before you come up here. It's like, let's just pretend none of those texts happened. Here here are the outcomes. I could have called him. And he could have said, I'm in town, come in half an hour. He could have stopped by my house because we're in our hometown. Where come right st- up to the porch. What are you guys doing? If no one was here, he could have assumed maybe I went up to his house. God forbid I got to his house where his parents, whom I love very much, and his wife, whom I love very much, and his new baby, who I'm starting to love more and more now that he can look me in the eyes. What if they had – what if I had arrived unannounced? Would they have been like – In a naked circle, doing sparklers with Mark Knopfler playing like last night? No. They would have been like, great to see you, and I would have hung out there until Gabe arrived. There would have been no stress, no problems.
0: So you're basically saying that the universe as it functions on Einsteinian theory would have proceeded along the same dimensions and tracks if those three text messages hadn't happened. And then, yes. Yes.
1: I guess I am. I just don't, it's like,
0: Those text messages, they didn't change the course of life.
1: So so let's talk about where technology is really good right now. Jumping around, I know, but, like, the map function on the smartphone. Great. Would you agree? Well, I depend on it. I have a terrible
0: sense of direction. Okay,
1: great. Now, there are parts of it I hate, but um, really you could do a side-by-side with maps or printing out the paper from home or whatever. You really aren't avoiding what it's giving you. It's not giving you... There's no corporate ads coming up. It's not like Twitter. It's not like Facebook. It's not a way that they're... I mean, they're tracking your data. But ultimately, it's an efficient way of, especially in a city like Boston, not having a terrible time because it's so awful to
0: be lost. But here's a question. We all know some of the good things technology gives us. Are you, Alex McKay, willing to stand up and reject the good in order to avoid the bad? Are you willing to make an example of yourself to the listeners out there and to your fans and to all the people who might one day consider you a role model and actually care about the things you're doing, the actions you're taking, the words you're saying? Well,
1: I don't want it to just be an exhibition. I want it... The core of why I want to do it is because I actually think that... I would be happier. It's not about me
0: showing the world it can be done. It's about me. It's like when you. Right. But are you for happiness? Are you willing to be happier and get lost on the highway because you can't plug in your destination?
1: I think so. That's the thing. I think so. I think that the conversation you have
0: with the guy at the gas station is ultimately a path to a happier life. Or in my case, having to spend two extra seconds and use my car's built in navigation system. Sure. Sure. I mean, and that's one one weird rant I went on. And, you know, people think I go
1: on rants on the podcast and they know I go on rants when they have dinner with me. I also go on rants with myself and my brain. Imagine being in that conversation. One of the rants I had with myself for a long time was what about getting a car phone? Because then if you're broken down, you can... And, and it's kind of cool to call someone in the car on a car phone. It's like a place it's like, let's try him in the car. The problem I have with a cell phone, it's let's try him in the universe anywhere he is at any time.
0: Are you just trying to have your cake and eat it too?
1: I don't know. I just wish that I wasn't the only one asking themselves this. This is, again, back to my thing of like... the. But t- what
0: specific actions are you willing to do to try to change these things?
1: Okay, well, right now the job I have for the summer... Okay, we almost had a nightmare, but we don't.
0: Um, you forgot to record the last three hours. No, no, it's all recording. That should be our. The
1: job I have is pretty reliable on a cell phone right now because it's completely done on my own from home. I it's like a good work, and I like the company, and I like working for my boss. But there's no office, and all of the management people, and I'm sort of like a management consultant are doing their work from home and like as you said earlier earlier to me before we were podcasting i basically need to if i'm going to do this not take jobs like that so it's like there's going to be the ripping off the band-aid and you know so the work thing the first yeah, thing so it's exa- yeah it's, the it's first like, thing like is the people who
0: say a college shouldn't invest and an oil fund, even if that allows them to buy a bigger building. That there's some things you have to just draw the line. So so there's that.
1: There's the work thing. So I really have to create, like, it limits... I mean, we all know how bad I have been at getting jobs in the first place. So, like, I can't quit this job based on the fact that I'm doing a weird cell phone thing. You're
0: pretty good at getting them. You're bad at holding them, to be accurate.
1: Okay, so do you think I could have, like, let's go through the steps. Could I have a reasonable conversation with my boss where I tell her I'm not going to use a cell phone?
0: I don't think you could, given the nature of what you do now, after what you showed me today, this app Voxer, if anyone wants to download it, we don't get paid for the number of downloads we incite, where it's kind of walkie-talkie based and everyone's having recorded conversations back and forth. There's, I think if you said you're not having a cell phone, they'd fire you for cause. Well, what if I was
1: like, look, I know this is a crazy idea. But I'm doing this thing where I'm not going to get a cell phone. If that means you can't have me work here anymore, I understand. I think I've brought this company a lot of value. And in reality, the type I work or I do for you is a lot more analytical. I'm supposed to look at the big picture and then come up with solutions.
0: I think it's literally like if you get hired to work as a, a parking lot security guard every Friday night and Saturday morning. Those are your shifts. And then you come along two weeks later and say, I've become an observant Jew and now I'm observing Shabbat, and I need to take every Friday night and Saturday morning off, but I'm happy to work the rest of the week. So then what? Okay, so I can't get rid of the cell phone then, you're saying? Uh, Not before you get rid of your job. Okay. Which is fine, because eventually you'll get angry or frustrated at your job anyway, and either quit or get fired, (laughs) and then you're back to square one.
1: Yeah, but i got to stop having that sort of behavior, unless we can get the podcast to make us money.
0: Oh, it's going to make us money once you throw away your cell phone. <laughs> well, you see the... Look, we got chickens and eggs here, Alex, and we just have to somehow cook them all into an omelet. I mean, here's the other thing. in
1: the If I wanted to wean off, I know you don't believe in wean. You're somebody who gets drunk three months in a row and then doesn't drink for three years, but... Uh, for the record, I disagree with that assessment. Continue. <laughs> but... Do you think that I could change my behavior
0: vis-a-vis my cell phone to start? That's no, you either. You either. No, no. Look, you either have a cell phone or you don't. That's the whole point. Why they they can't get people to stop texting when they're driving? Because the point is that people can do it, so they're going to do it. If they couldn't do it, then they wouldn't do it. If you carry a cell phone, some day somehow you're going to get a text, and you're going to text back, and then you're going to go look something up on the internet and then you're going to go check out a podcast, and soon enough you'll just be one of the many hundreds of millions of people in the world who has and uses a cell phone. I mean, that's the other thing. I'm so
1: much more interested in creating content than consuming it, and the cell phone is the best content-consuming medium of all time. Everywhere, all the time. Now they're so fast. Data everywhere. Never need to be in one place. Phone, I mean, toilet. Think about how much toilet cell phone consumption goes on in this country on a daily basis and a huge amount and so that's you're right basically if i want to create content dropping the cell phone might be a great idea
0: so what if you just said this what if you said for one month you're not going to have a cell phone you don't even throw it away or anything dramatic you just tell cricket to go cricket it for a month put it on hold hiatus whatever it is and you just don't have a cell phone for a month. And then if your life falls apart after that month, you can say, okay, maybe it's not worth it. But if you feel that you're fundamentally happier after that month, or if you have a clearer head, then you can say, maybe this is something that's worth exploring further. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's something there. It just feels now, like. Now, are there
0: other ways. Because cell phones certainly are, are one devil, but they're a devil in a in a ninth circle of hell. Are there other ways that you can shed technology and embrace the lifestyle you love?
1: Well, if we just if we just I mean, everyone out there think of their own life and then you just like in a cartoon, you snap your fingers and the cell phone uh, is gone. You're getting rid of a lot of technology. Right. And then all of a sudden you're at your computer at work or you're at your computer at home. But it's like a place It's like you're making a decision to sit there and use that thing. And hopefully while you're on it... I mean, I guess you can put it on your lap while you're watching TV. Um, But the laptop is not as conducive to things that I don't even have. But like Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, texting. I mean, that's... It would be great if there was an app...
0: On your phone, so that, you're you're going from rejecting technology to creating an well, app.
1: Well, how how much would you love? You know, we're talking about your bank statements earlier, in and in a setting in a segment that doesn't air, and we'll in, edit that out. Um, you, what if you could get a printout every month of exactly what you do on your phone? I guess you can. You can just look at how much data has been used, and you can see like. The maps versus the Snapchat versus the texting. Like you can see what it is, and like I'd be interested to know. It's, it's surfing the internet using the maps.
0: I don't know. I I just it's a it's a hard place to be. You know, you you think about those apps. Act- You're saying that you want Mint for your cell phone. Yeah. Where's our uh, extrovert idea?
1: Excavator? The excavator, business excavator. I'm sure it exists. Yeah. So so um. If you think about, like, Joaquin Phoenix or Jesse Eisenberg, they go on, like, Dave Letterman, and one of the things that the producer has told Dave so that he has something to talk about, it's always like, so I heard you don't have a cell phone, and they get, like, 90 seconds out of that. Look, I have have a different question for you, Ox. Wait, I just want to say this, Saul. Okay. I'm trying to become successful enough in the things that I like to do that I can take the cell phone away Versus the the only people who can do that have become successful either before the cell phone or before they ever needed the cell phone. And then they can choose to continue to live in Malibu without a cell phone like you assume, like, you know, Michael Richards has has no cell phone because he, he got Seinfeld. He lives in Malibu. That's what he does.
0: That's it. Well, he also became the first victim of I don't want to call him a victim. He became the first casualty of social media in the civilized world, and he probably hates cell phones so much more than you do. Right. Anyways, what's your question? My question is this: Has your last night you cooked a delicious berry crisp for close friends on a starry-lit hill over a uh, fire and some sort of cast iron pan being your only technology? Has your cell phone ever made you that happy? No,
1: of course not. I mean, the first thing I did yesterday morning at 6.45 a.m. was hand-pitted, deliciously ripe Washington cherries and cut a bunch of Massachusetts field strawberries and put them in a bowl to macerate with a little bit of Vermont granulated maple sugar and a squeeze of lemon and then they just, I knew that they were like a little prize in my fridge that was going to hang out all day long. So it made you
0: happy the whole day?
1: The whole day. Then I got to pour them in that cast iron. I loved how we were cooking that whole thing on a grill, and it came out delicious. And we hand-whipped the cream, the, we hand-whipped qu- whipped cream as a group over around the grill. I mean, was that, was that not a great experience? That was the
0: ultimate landline experience. I arrived late, so I only ate the whipped cream, but it was delicious. okay. But I would have loved to be there hand-whipping it as well.
1: So if my answer was yes,
0: then what? Then we're adding evidence to the fact that maybe you don't need your cell phone the way you think you do. Well, I don't think I need it.
1: Then why do you have it? I think my job right now is the last tether. And I don't think it's a good thing for my family, for myself, and for this podcast community for me to lose my job. I just don't. I think that we've got it. We have to create some stability so that
0: I'm not... Look, from a selfish point of view, if you lost your job, I'd feel better because I'd think you could focus more on the podcast. But I'm admitting that's from my point of view. And the podcast needs to be, like, tight. And the podcast needs to stand on its own two feet.
1: So I need to keep it afloat before it keeps me afloat. Um, so when can you get rid of your job and those your cell phone? Well, Let's it's a set a hard date. It's a summer internship, and it should... It, you know i mean i i have the opportunity to continue to work for them through the through the school year we need to plan your brexit
0: when are you going to leave the union of september jobs and i think
1: september one. 1 my wife is back in massachusetts she's not in new york anymore i have a set schedule with school i have computer i have a laptop computer around a huge percentage of my day and i'm like starting the last year of school before i set off on like my newly invigorated business career in a direction that of my choosing it's not the world is not choosing how i get to spend and make my money you know excuse me how to spend my professional time and make my money moving forward i get to choose and the reason that i'm getting a business degree is in order to arm me with the tools to be able to make my own decisions and so if that is what i'm truly trying to do then that that's the that's the step I that's the first step I need to take into the next part of my life is like crafting the interaction with technology that I want to have. So sixty days from now, cell phone goes. All right, that's the landline challenge, I guess. Yep. And so maybe that's a nice bit we can do where we come back and talk about the things I'm going to miss. And one of them will be cell phones. <laughs> well, it's all it's all. I think it just boils down to the cell phone. I mean, I think if Landline is reaching its 50th episode and we're treating this entire 50-episode run as a preview, like a play on Broadway, and the reviews are in and people are like it and we're getting better and working out the kinks, that when the launch happens of the first show with new voiceovers in the and a new piece of equipment that makes our audio via phone line that much better, I think that's the time to dump the cell phone and make... Not having a cell phone, a feature of each landline podcast. I mean, it marries perfectly with
0: the subject matter. It's not called a cell phone line. No, it's not. All right, good enough. We, I think, we've accomplished something concrete. Well, I think that's it, Saul. Um, we've talked for a good long time. We've we've
1: done we've done two parts. We've done a lot. We appreciate you staying with us. I think we've accomplished a lot in this first live episode on the porch. Um, as always, tell friends about the podcast at talkforaliving.com, landline podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Call the landline 617 744 1895 We are not beyond email. Uh save for all of the bashing I just did. So email us at landlinepodcast at gmail.com. But as always, the best thing you can do is continue listening and to spread the word to a friend, go back to old episodes on the SoundCloud Archive. Coming up, we have Two Guys, One Cup. We have more movie reviews. We have another cocktail hour with Giles. And we're going to get the band back together for a little Triangle Sports with Chris and Mike from New England and Southern Chile. Maybe just check in on the Patriots a little bit for all you sports fans out there. So, Saul, any, uh, no weekend news this time, but any words of encouragement for people as they go out into their 4th of July weekend, even though they're going to be listening
0: to this probably after 4th of July? I really forgot how much I hate deer flies. i got to say, living in California, you just forget about them. So stay clear of the deer flies. Shoot off some fireworks. Uh, don't blow off any limbs, all you NFL players out there. And uh, have a great holiday weekend. We'll talk soon. We're going to be around all summer. Porchside, Monday mornings, 9 a.m. Too much coffee. Stop by, call in, anything you want to do.
1: All right. For everyone who's got a hangover out there and is hot, humid, good luck with that. So adios, my friends. Eat local, eat seasonal. Don't eat shitty food.